When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, Boards Insiders? Welcome to another episode of the Inside the Boards podcast. I'm Doc Osara from the Doc Osara YouTube channel, dedicated to making videos about surviving college and medical school at youtube.com forward slash Doc Osara. Welcome to the Inside the Boards podcast. I'm Stuart Bryant. Today we have part two of our neurology review with Doc Osara. Enjoy. Next. A 35-year-old woman comes to the office because of numbness and tingling in her lower limbs for the past two days. She reports a recent influenza infection, which subsided three days ago. Over the past day, the numbness has become accompanied by weakness and spread to the upper extremities. Her temperature is normal, pulse is normal, respirations are normal, and her blood pressure is normal. Which of the following test results will confirm the diagnosis? A, albuminocytologic dissociation in the cerebrospinal fluid. B, decreased cerebrospinal fluid glucose. C, a positive edrophonium challenge. D, a positive fluorescent treponemal antibody absorption test. Or E, a positive culture for Campylobacter jejuni. This is a good one. The key, okay, this is the key that, you know, I learned the hard way by doing questions over time. Last sentence says, which of the following tests will confirm the presumptive diagnosis? So which of the following is the best test for the diagnosis? Don't pick the good one. Don't pick the okay one. Don't pick one that may be the diagnosis. Which one will confirm it? All right, so that's why I like reading these first. You, you know, you could get to the answer choice and be like, oh, two or three could be okay. Go back to the question, which of the following will confirm the diagnosis, a.k.a. gold standard, whatever you want to call it. It'll be the home run. So a 35-year-old woman comes in, numbness and tingling in her lower extremities. That's confusing. Uh, past two days, okay, it's an acute problem. Recent influenza infection that went away three days ago. Oh, God. Neuro loves a recent upper or lower GI infection. It causes a problem. Then she progresses, which is important, progressive of symptoms. She initially just had numbness and tingling. Now she has this weakness that has spread from down low up high to the upper extremities. No fever, pulse is normal, respiration is normal. So vitals are stable, nothing to worry about. So you got a lady, recent infection, start to have weakness, or started with numbness and tingling, then developed weakness. So you're thinking probably some neuromuscular thing might be going on at this point. And in, in fact, and I think this is a pretty classic presentation for... Well, I guess what I'm saying is I like your strategy, and I recommend this too, of reading the interrogatory first. It saves disappointment because you'll read through this straight through, and you'll be like, yeah, 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 this is Guillain-Barre. This is Guillain-Barre. And then you read which of the following tests will confirm the presumptive diagnosis. You're like, oh, man. <laughs> exactly. And I'll tell you, not everyone agrees with my idea with reading the last sentence first. No, I know. You got to find what works for you. Yeah. So first answer is albuminocytologic disassociation, the CSF. 
I mean, the case is pretty clear. It's an ascending weakness, status post a recent infection. It's got to be GBS probably. Um, but the question becomes, what is the differential diagnosis for ascending weakness or paralysis, you could even say, versus descending paralysis? Um, so if you have that differential in your mind, you don't have to, but it, it always helps. So if you have descending, think Botox infection. If you have ascending, think polio, think GBS, and what's called tick-borne paralysis. And that's kind of it for the most part. I mean, I'm sure there's more that we're going to quote. But for step one, you're not going to do your neuro boards. If it's coming down, think Botox. If it's going up, think tick, polio, and GBS. And you mean specifically like botulinum toxin? Oh, thank you. Yeah, botulinum toxin. Uh, so kid gets botulinum toxin, gets a descending paralysis versus the ascending. After being given honey before age one. Well, what were the parents thinking? Exactly. <laughs> um, so right, sorry about that, yeah. Um, so this guy, ascending paralysis, I already know my differentials, polio, GBS, um, and tick-borne paralysis, no comment of tick, polio seems random here, so it's got to be GBS. So GBS is going to be diagnosed different ways. So number one thing they have here is albuminocytologic disassociation. That is as pathognomonic for GBS as is coronary artery disease with McDonald's. You should know this one. <laughs> well, what if you're like a, I don't know, like an OBGYN or something, and you're like, what is albuminocytologic disassociation? All right. So we talked about CSF analysis when we talked about the viral meningitis case or vital encephalitis. Yeah. So we said normal, can have normal white blood cells, normal glucose, low protein. If you have GBS, you're going to have normal white cells. And that's the fun thing. There's only two times in which you're going to have normal white cells. You're normal or you got GBS. Okay. But there's only one time in which your protein is through the roof, and that's GBS. So normal white count with a really, really high protein count, that's an albuminocytologic disassociation. Yeah, the, the protein's high, the white count's not. What's going on? Normally, like bacterial meningitis, viral meningitis, they're both high. You know, it makes sense. White count's up, inflammation's up. But in the case of GBS, there is no white count. There is no infection. But the protein's really high. And like we said earlier, high protein to CSF is an inflammatory reaction. And GBS is just that. It's an autoimmune disease that's it's inflammatory now. So albuminocytologic disassociation is so pathognomonic, we can use it to confirm the diagnosis. Um, so that's kind of a dead giveaway. You just got to kind of memorize that one. But it's not that bad because, like I said, there's only two, two cases of a normal white count, and that's normal in GBS, and protein's only super high in GBS. Got it. All right. Other choices here, super important to go through. Decrease CSF glucose. Well, if it's a decrease in glucose, you're only going to see that under one condition. That's bacterial meningitis. Also, tuberculosis meningitis. But again, these things are not like viruses. They're eating the, they're eating the sugar. So bacterial meningitis. Glucose, we said normal was 40 to 70, so less than 40. It's going to be bacterial. This guy doesn't sound bacterial meningitis at all. No fever, no photophobia, no stiff neck, no confusion, no headache. This sounds too distal. Next option is a positive edrophonium challenge. If I could tell you how much I hate this word edrophonium, it wouldn't even begin. I don't know where to start. <laughs> also called the Tensilon test. People just like throwing these words in there. One, there's two words, and two, it confuses you. So edrophonium or also called Tensilon, is an acetylcholinesterase inhibitor. We use it to diagnose myasthenia gravis. So myasthenia gravis, neuromuscular disease, 
antibodies against the acetylcholine esterase receptor. And just to add on another layer, because this is the kind of stuff I always see on boards now in real life, what kind of hypersensitivity reaction is that? Type 2, antibody to something, type 2, complex 3. So myasthenia gravis, antibody against the receptor, type 2 hypersensitivity, antibody usually comes in the thymus. And this also has a bimodal distribution. Women, 20 to 30. Men, 70 to 80, old. And this gives you progressive weakness with use. Something for us to look forward to. Oh, it's going to hit us. We better take our thymus out while we can. <laughs> so progressive weakness with use. All, the opposite of Lambert Eaton, essentially. So for these people, you know, they always, the first thing they always complain about is, you know what, my ex, they don't come in and tell you my extra mus, extraocular muscles are fatigued. But they tell you, man, my eyes are a little tired, or I'm, or I'm getting some blurry vision. Uh, that's because the extraocular muscles are getting fatigued from the myasthenia. So we give them an acetylcholinesterase inhibitor blocker, tensilon, or also called edrophonium, and then they feel better. The, the, the weakness goes away. Wow, we diagnosed something. But this doesn't sound like that. It doesn't have like an ascending picture. It's just mainly uh, small muscles that are hyperused, like the eye first. Got it. And then option D, fluorescent. Treponemal antibody absorption test, also called the FTABS. That's for syphilis. It's not neurosyphilis. Is this neurosyphilis? Doesn't sound like no. it to me. It sound like Davies dorsalis. If I was going to treat this guy with neurosyphilis, how would I give him the penicillin? You would give it IV. Got to give it IV. What if he's allergic? He's still getting penicillin. Don't care. You're getting it. Tough life. <laughs> so this doesn't sound like syphilis. We just talked about it. No weird gait, no pain. This guy's got an ascending thing. Ascending is in syphilis. This kind of movement is in syphilis. E, I thought, was the only fair complementary answer. Positive culture. I like to call the most attractive distractor. I love your formal terminology. I made it up. <laughs> if I could I think. be as educated as you. Actually, I got to learn. So positive culture for Campylobacter jejuni. I mean, you can quickly knock out the middle answers and get to this one. So here's the thing. Most people with GBS will have some type of upper respiratory or lower GI infection. Campylobacter is like as overused of a buzzword as you could get for GBS. <laughs> and someone may see this and say, this sounds like GBS. Oh my God, Campylobacter, I nailed that one. Thank you, first aid. That person didn't do too well because they forgot to read the last line and say, what are they asking me? Like my teacher said in college, my favorite uh, general chemistry teacher, answer the question being asked, not the one you want to answer. You want to answer Campylobacter because it's easy and fun, but unfortunately, it's not the answer. So if it's which one of the following is going to confirm it, Campylobacter could be the cause, or you could just have Campylobacter and have GBS for another reason. It ain't going to sell it to you. Um, so of all the options, what will confirm it is this albuminocytologic disassociation. We only see it with GBS. Normal white count, super high protein, too weird to be offset, dead giveaway for GBS. Wow, that was great. You packed so much neuroscience into the past like 45 minutes or however long we talked. You almost made me want to switch specialties, almost. <laughs> but, but I can't because I'm, I'm stuck. I'm, I'm already board certified and I can't be a resident again. I just couldn't handle it. Yeah, it's not that fun. Yeah, it's not. Um, but it's not all bad. Doc Osare, thank you so much for your time. Um, we will be following your YouTube channel closely, linking to you, tagging you in our social media. And anytime you want to come back and teach something, you have a place. 
Thanks for having me. Always a blast. And as always, enjoy your studies. Thanks for listening. If you are just now tuning in to the Study Smarter series, I recommend checking out our earlier episodes. We're covering a variety of topics to get you ready for the boards. Help us by going to iTunes and reviewing the podcast and sharing the podcast with your medical student friends who are in need of help while studying for the boards. If you share the podcast on social media, you are entered to win a $50 Amazon gift card at the end of the Study Smarter series. Happy studying!